It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Let's just say that it could cause Molly to start smoking. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Game show Friday as well. So at some point we're going to give away, uh, we have a nice little foursome to give away. So we'll do that between now and one o'clock. We've got Chris Singleton, we've got Greg Wyshynski, and Dave Harrigan with some questions of significance. You ready for this, boys? Let's do it. The royal wedding is coming up, and I, I, I for one, can't be more excited. So let's get the real music in here. Yes. Everyone's a little bit British today, aren't they? Everyone's teeth are a little more crooked right now. A little yellower. Yes. A little more... Stuck up and snobbish. Our food doesn't taste as good. No. A little bit dry. Right. Yes. Blend. Yes. Can yes. <laughs> go to wedding? But beer's not as good either. Uh, well, they've got some good beer. I like me a good Newcastle. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Overrated. Wow. So from a guy who loves Yingling. Okay. Whoa! <sighs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to sit here and take Fighting that. words. Get to All the right. question. Phil, be the third voice. Would you rather have a Yingling or a Newcastle? Right now, I'm giving you the option. I'll take a Yingling. Honestly, I would, I would drink a Yingling over Really? Yeah. Wow, you're I both would. wrong. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, question, <laughs> question number one. We've all been to medding, many weddings in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. The best thing about a wedding and the worst thing about a wedding. No. Let me change that. We all know the best thing is an open bar, and the worst thing is a cash bar. So the second best thing about a wedding, and the second worst thing about a wedding. Uh, well, the the second worst thing then would be the actual ceremony where you sit there, and if it's not, you, you got to be aware of the people that are you're inviting. Let's say a hundred people to the actual ceremony. Okay, don't make them sit there for an hour. That's what we did, and I really regret it. I had an hour. Oh, or two. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm so God. sorry for that. Sorry, people. A Why nice does it take an hour? Lutheran oh, wedding is the way to go. Because us Catholics, or you hey, got to have a mass. In, it should be like UFC, where Big John McCarthy no. comes out and says, "Fighter, are you ready? Fighter, are you ready? Let's get it on!" And then you just put the <laughs> ring on each other and you yep. kiss. And that's it. It should take 15 seconds, and then you go, then go party and 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 do all the things. It shouldn't be at a separate place. Like they should do it in the ballroom. Or the banquet room, and then just get on with the drinking. So, actually, I was going to say that the next to the open bar, like the other thing that I do like about weddings is that time between where you just get to, you get blasted before you get blasted. You pregame the pregame. You pregame the pregame. Yeah. I really enjoy pregame in the pregame. So, but the pre-party party. Yes, but again, like mm-hmm. just. 
let's let's get away from these hour long ceremonies, okay? Plus, you're gonna have like three more weddings statistically. Like it's probably not the last one you're gonna have. <laughs> Odds are it's you're true. not gonna be married that long, yeah. It's true. It, it's true. Uh, my so my second least fa- favorite thing is when when the choice of food is very small. Like they've got just one thing, and so so you're stuck with something really crappy. I pre- I prefer buffets across the board. Like let me pick. I don't want your crappy dry chicken. So that's my my least fa- favorite thing is you know the couple and she's picked out. Oh, we're gonna have you know we're gonna have a steak or chicken. They're both awful. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I think wedding food is usually pretty good, right? No, I mean, but but my point is like, when it's not, it's a massive disappointment. Let's go buffets. Let's go buffet. Let's get rid of the church altogether. Let's have the officiator come in. Let's do what you said, which is, are you ready? Are you ready? You're married. Kiss. Start drinking, and let's have a big buffet. Do you remember the food options at the Zolgad nuptials? I think it was chicken. <laughs> it was <laughs> crappy, dry chicken. It was boring. It was boring. The we whole... did we did buffet Italian buffet. It was rock star. Okay, now that's yeah the that's best what decision I'm sa- we made of the uh, that's the what I'm saying. Thing. Yeah, what was all included? So like different pastas and things. There was a couple different pastas, like a red sauce, a white sauce, and then you yeah, had like dude. the nope. kind of like chicken parm kind of deal. Did you do the Golden Corral uh, chocolate fountain, where you can just like <laughs> dip whatever you want in the chocolate fountain? <laughs> it would have been brilliant. Where you see kids putting their whole hand underneath yes. the chocolate fountain. And then what's the second part is my favorite thing besides the open bar? Yes. My favorite thing besides the open bar is is a bar with beer selections. So if you've got like just one <laughs> keg of light but or that two is, kegs but, of light. But that's the no, open bar. No, but I'm saying but I'm saying paying or not, I, I would rather pay at least at first to drink good b- bottled beer. Then, if the bar so itself, you just got one or two kegs, so and your it's favorite, the same. So let me beer. get this: your favorite thing is the open bar, but your second favorite thing is like the stuff that you could pay for if you're not satisfied with exactly. the open bar options. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yes, I want. <laughs> I I would rather I would rather start to get drunk on decent stuff, and then I'll I'll go to your crappy keg eventually. But if it's just hey, here's a couple of choices of light beer, and you're like, oh, this is ugh. you need more fuel, huh? Yes. Yeah, so right. I want. So if you got bottles of the good stuff. I much prefer to pay four to five bucks a pop to start off with, and then I'll transition as I get drunker to the bad stuff. Judge just found a loophole in the question. Oh, I like the fact that he's not willing to ruin anybody's feelings. The couple says, hey, have the keg of Miller Lite or whatever, and Judd says, bleep you, I'm going to pay six bucks for a Surly. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. Exactly. Good for you. You're not worried to trample on feelings. (laughs) Oh, I'm not worried about feelings. Oh, no, toughen up. Mar- marriage is going is to be tough. If you're hurt by by what I do, you got big problems coming. The, the 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 underrated thing about weddings, like the it could either be fun or not fun. For me, it's fun. Is like if if you're an alcoholic and or going through life issues, three hours into the into the party, it all comes out. Like you find out who people are. Oh yeah, four hours into that dancing, yeah. like beer on your uncle's breath. <laughs> it tells you how he. <laughs> Right. Question number two, who would you rather be that will be at the big wedding tomorrow? Prince William, the eldest son of Charles and Diana, in line to be king, mm-hmm. or Prince Harry, the one who's getting married that has no shot at being king but still has to live the royal lifestyle? Oh, this is not tough at all. Prince Harry, make it as easy as possible. I don't want the pressure. 
I don't want... Keep in mind, when you're king, you don't actually have to do anything other than Right, right, but I don't want... You're not governing. But I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I want to be... If I go on a bender and disappear, I want people not to care. I want... I mean, because my life would fall apart... Just because you, you want the lower so expectations. Rich. Yeah, I want no expectations. I want zero expectations. I don't want any expectation. I want to be able to, on a regular basis, embarrass the family and not have people care as much. If you're in line to be king, you're going to take a, a hit if you embarrass the family. But if you're Prince Harry, no people care, but it's mild. So I would love to disagree with Judd here, but if you think about it, like being a king in 2018 is about the most hollow. So you've got expectations of great behavior and correct, and everything should be proper, but you don't really get to govern or do anything. Right. You're not... But there's still pressure You're not, right? you're not you. making any key decisions on anything, are you? Well, I think that's outstanding. Oh, I love the yeah, title without have, the responsibility. Are you kidding but me? But there's still... There, there's an expectation. <laughs> how much, like, how much money is the king raking in every year? Do we know? Are they on... Are they... How, what kind of benefits? Well, what kind I, of health care? <laughs> <laughs> well, the queen's up Cobra. there, so it's got to be pretty good. Cobra. They're, they're buying Cobra. <laughs> this is really expensive. This this insurance is really, really tough on us. Little Cobra. No. Humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. Let's do it. I know what number one on Judd's list is going to be, so if you could refrain from saying the Beatles, that would be great. But give me an all-British rank em, boys, and a little musical background for us all. Okay. Wow. The production right now is top-notch. Number four. Questions came to play. Uh, Number four, the scotch eggs at Brit's Pub, downtown Minneapolis. That's right. The number four thing on my list is actually from Minneapolis on my list of great things from British culture. Number three. Uh, Number three, one of the great golf characters of all time, Colin Montgomery. That's right. Monty, with his underboob sweat, <laughs> constantly finishing runner-up in majors, and complaining about anything and everything for oh, 20 years. Miserable. Kids, kids now think Phil's got man boobs. Nothing oh, no. compared. No, you aren't. Now, Phil Mickelson also will try to hide the man boobs and the oh. sweat with dark shirts or now these like light-colored dress shirts. <laughs> Puffy dress Monty would rock like the worst possible color for a guy <laughs> with that physique. And you would see the full-on, where, like, his torso would look like a smiley face of boob sweat. He could have worn a bra. For sure. Yes. Number two. Uh, Number two, the British Bulldog. Yeah, he took a couple performance-enhancing drugs, but had a good run there as Intercontinental Champion in the early 1990s. And the number one one. thing on my British rankings, 007 himself, James Bond. Still never seen one. Congratulations. Still never seen it. Okay. <laughs> no, are I just you, are you proud of that or just matter of fact? Matter of fact. I think at this point you should be proud. It amazes suit, should amazes Phil. I'm just matter of fact. But it's one thing I think for why are you snapping and being weird right now? Are you in the, of, the okay. song? Number four. <laughs> I like the song, sorry. Number five. I'm starting at five. Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium. The Yankee Stadium. Thank you very much. Number four. Go. Number four. The Rolling Stones. Nick Keith and the Boys are number four. One, two. Number three. The only sport that I care about that they they have actually, the Premier League. You wake up on a Saturday morning, a little 6 a.m. soccer. That's a lie. 
Premier League's number three. It's my rankings. You can't accuse <laughs> me of lying. When's the last time you, you woke up to watch a Premier League game? Keep going. <laughs> number two. Such a lie. It's this band right here. The Beatles. The Beatles are number, number two. One. Because I just found my number one is going to surprise everybody, and I just this found is a this. Shocker. I was I was looking through a list of British foods. My number one is good old spotted dick. A British pudding made with soot and dried fruit and often served with custard. Mm. Spotted dick is my number one thing. Sure. My number one export how from much, England. How much have you had in your life? Is spotted dick. Alright. My number one? Are you I, I did research for this. I want to trouble back, you for a taste of spotted dick. Man. Exactly. I want to go back to the James Bond thing for a second. Like <laughs> I get it when people say I don't like sci-fi movies or whatever, like Star Wars sure. movies, and that's a genre. Sure. But I would think that you like action things and action like, movies, yeah, definitely. Like uh spy type themes, right? Is there a reason why you've actively avoided James Bond movies for forty years? Well, for it, yeah, I, I know not really, but it's gotten to the point now where it's become such a people are so surprised that I feel like if, if I was to watch one, it, it would kill the whole thing. No, I didn't. <laughs> for what? For who? For me? For I mean, Such Such did an entire segment, I think, on, on the fact that I have never seen a Bond film. So no, I mean, there's no there's no reason why. But when when you asked the first time if I had seen a Bond film, or, or we were talking about a Bond film, and I said that I hadn't seen one, the surprise was such that it actually has become more fun to have not seen one now. So you just yearn for the surprise That's, yeah. when you tell people. I think it's a genuine, I think people are genuinely surprised that a 48 year old guy has not seen well, one Bond film. It's very odd, but it's certainly become part of your persona, I guess, and now you're proud of it, which is even stranger. It's like Wetmore has never seen the major, uh, the movie Major League before. <laughs> or he's covered other. baseball for six years. Well, that's the weird thing because he's a baseball guy. Right, but you're, like if uh, I was, but you're uh, a guy. Well, I've seen plenty of spy films, just not Bond films. Which spy films have you seen? Well, I mean, what qualifies as a spy film? I'm sure I've seen a bunch. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. What, exactly what qualifies like, as like a spy Like a Mission film? Impossible movie? Have you seen those? No, I don't like those. Okay. I, I don't like Cruise. Tom Cruise bores me. Are there more choices? We'll come I don't know, you're the one that brought up like films. all the spy Keep films. Keep going, I'm sure I've seen okay. spy films. Becky and Judd are back. Gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. On 1500 ESPN. Chris Singleton here in about 10 minutes. You just got a tweet from some, I yes. gotta say, someone who is, is obviously out of their minds. Bob uh, just tweeted in, I'm 47 and I fell asleep during the only Bond film I attempted to watch. They are awful. That's what Bob so tweeted. So many ridiculous things about that one sentence. Do we know which era of Bond? He does not specify. He just said that he attempted to watch one. He f- fell asleep and said that they're awful. Which, I, which by the way, just to be very, very clear about this, I'm not saying. I haven't seen them. How do you so make I'm a determination? I'm not that I think they're bad. Because you had five beers in you, Bob, and you, and you couldn't make it through a two-hour Bond movie, that they're all terrible. I'll give you the George Lazenby one. Where they brought George Lazenby in for one movie, and they actually voice track. They didn't like his voice, so they did the whole movie, and then they had someone else like voice track his lines, really? so it looks a little bit off. Yeah. And this was when, um, like the late sixties, like nineteen sixty-seven okay. or something, right. or sixty-eight, somewhere in there. And then that's what prompted them to bring Sean Connery back to the franchise. Mm-hmm. Connery did a, did like three or four of them. I want to say four, and then Lazenby came in, and then Connery went back. But like, who are you people? I'm not saying that like you have to love James Bond movies, but 
Like, watch a Bond movie, Judd. Watch a Bond movie. <laughs> you're fr- you're 50. Your frustration is more fun than it would be to actually watch the Bond film. There's been like 25 of them, for God's sake. I'm on to something, right, Dave? <laughs> The, the, frustra- the frustration is more fun. Well, I don't think I can side with you on that. All right. I, I, would, I would agree with the emailer, or it was a tweet, whatever yeah, it was. Bob on Twitter. Bob, the old ones, if you just sit right down and watch a Bond movie from the 1960s, 70s, come on, they don't really hold up. I disagree. So the Connery ones don't hold up in your opinion? Well, the technology and stuff is like, I mean, obviously. Well, I, just, I just mean the filmmaking, the whole yeah. deal. You know, if you watch a Daniel Craig one, for yep. instance, from three years ago, it's a completely different movie for than sure. they were back with Connery and Lazenby, uh, Roger Moore, whatever it is. I think, well, the Roger Moore ones are hokey. I actually think you'd find the Roger Moore ones to be kind of funny. They're very tongue-in-cheek. Like, mm-hmm. he's breaking the fourth wall down a lot where he's like, Oh, like, this is funny. Do we all see how funny this is kind of a thing? Right. Um, the old ones, like, there's very few old movies, period, that hold up in terms of, like, they just, the death scenes are weird in old movies, and the graphics are weird, and there's no, you know, there's no CGI. Well, and that, so. I, I have trouble getting past that kind of stuff. You know, it's just a, you know, the the plot might be fine, but it's just kind of, uh, okay, I'm watching an old movie. No, I, I, you know, I can't get past so that. So you side with Bob more. At least if he, well, part, if partly, he watched yeah. it from I mean, the 60s or 70s. Okay. Yeah, if a Connery one's I, on, I might give it you know 20 minutes, whatever it is. But the the newer ones, yeah, they're fantastic. What about Max asked you this during the commercial break, Intermax, uh, Bourne movies. There's been four Bourne part, movies. I've seen parts of a couple, I think, on cable. And those don't I do don't stick with them, no. Wow. Now I get bored. What do you get bored? If you But Law & Order is honestly one of the most boring shows. But it's only an hour. Okay, so Bourne movies are two hours. Is I just that, told that you. extra hour pace of movie. There's something pace of, of entertainment. There's so, there's something about, and this is just a personal thing. There's something about a procedural police drama that I enjoy. But when it comes to like, <laughs> but when it comes to like swinging from building to building, I just get sort of bored. I'm dead serious. I'm serious. I'm not kidding you guys. Something about red tape. I like I like procedural police drama. I do. Yes. I like I enjoy them. I'm not. I'm not even trying to defend myself. But you know, the guy who's trying I'm to just f- telling you how I feel about the things. guy who's trying to take down a corrupt government uh, yeah, I get agency. Bo- I like get that's bored. that's really lame. I get but- bored with it. Now, the, now <laughs> you know what I need in my drama a little bit of iced tea. <laughs> Which one's he in? Oh, SVU. And, oh, that's why you don't like SVU. Sorry. And by the way, somebody tweeted. So Ice T's going back on the road, I guess, and he's released a new. Album and they tweeted a song that he he released. You talk about foul! Oh boy, enough f bombs to fill up a uh, lifetime there. Can we agree the best thing Ice T has ever done is that lemonade commercial from last year? It was pretty. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Ice T at a lemonade stand. That was pretty fun. Yes, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, apparently, caller Troy here. Are you just leaving the Bud Grant garage sale, Troy? Yeah, I just left there. It was amazing. I got to meet Jan Stenard was there this morning and Ricky Young and. He's got all these players that are coming in there, but the amount of money that I, that I saved from us <laughs> competing with the Vikings, because you go to the locker room store and the polo is $125, he's selling them for 20 bucks. I mean, it's just, Wait, is he I'm, selling, so is he selling stuff like from the, like, because I always, my, my, I've never been to one of the Bud Grant garage sales, but I always thought that he was like selling memorabilia and old things. He but was he's selling like new golf, uh, Vikings polos and stuff? Brand new with tags on them. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he get them from then? Did he, did he, yeah, did he, 
Is this well, the stuff that the Vikings give him because he's you know part of the franchise? Where they just give you like ten shirts and he's now selling them? He didn't. I he. I asked him the question. He said, "He goes, who do you work for? Why are you asking me the question?" Oh, so I, I don't know where he gets it. But it's you know, I'm geared up for the year. I mean, I got everything that I need to have, and you know, got an autograph, got to talk to him, told the story about Superior for fifteen minutes. I mean, there's a line of people all the way to the bottom of the driveway. I mean, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. This, you know, that van that John Randall pulls with his teeth in that commercial for the lottery. Yep. They came there, and he went, went out there, and they had him sign the inside of the of the van. Because they got all these players that have signed the inside of the van. I walked down there with them. I was going to pass out because carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> like, you guys got to get a muffler for God's sake. Kill them. So is, with this line, are does he tell stories to groups of people, or does it like everyone waits in line and he tells a story to each individual person? It depends. Some people are shy. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I stood there for two hours just kind of in shock because, you know, all these guys showed up. Sid showed up in his walker and brought him some spaghetti or something. I mean, just, this is it's a carnival. I mean, just to see all these people in one spot for nothing. Yeah. So you, you got shirts, and what, what else did you buy? I got a brand new windbreaker for forty bucks. I got a, a you know, two polos for a purple one and a white one with the, the Norseman head on it for twenty bucks a piece. Some those locker room T-shirts that the players wore, the old school ones, brand yeah. new. We had brand new cases of them. I, w- I wonder if some of the stuff, you know, like you can go if you if you go on like eBay, you can find quote unquote brand new untouched starter jackets from the mid nineties that they're just like still sitting around. I wonder if that's some of the stuff where it's like, oh, this was this is untouched, but it was actually put out in like 1999. There are starter stuff. There. I looked at the starter thing, and just the colors are too wild. I just want a plain, solid purple thing. But see, I would take one of those of quarter zip starter. Oh, it sounds like a good sale now. Troy, thank you for the update. Yeah. We appreciate it. See you, yeah, Troy. Thanks. Bye. Man, so he's hawking Sid, stuff from the organization's wait. locker room store and selling it. Sid showed up. <laughs> Sid sh- showed up with what? With with food for Bud. That's what he said. Yeah, a little spaghetti, a little so pasta. Up some pasta. Let me tell you something. With pasta stains all over his 1978 sport coat. <laughs> and meanwhile, Bud is the fact that Bud is un- undercutting the team as far as the shirts go is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> hey, Bud, you got this in an XL? Let me check the back. <laughs> hey, somebody back, go back there. Uh, Will tweets in, by the way, on the oh my gosh. the Judd. Judd's never seen a good movie topic. Uh, Will says the one o'clock show. So Such always complains about millennials having short attention spans. But look at Judd, who can't even make it through an entire Bond movie. Yeah, that's probably accurate. What's wrong with that? You're much more millennial than you give yourself credit for. Then, so we get to Chris Singleton when we come back here. Talk some baseball. Yes, let's do it. Get some thoughts on uh, Robbie Cano. Chris Singleton joins us next. uh, Later on, Greg Wyshynski on hockey. And then we have a game show Friday to fire up to in the next hour and a half. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I'm not judging these guys on size or color. I, I just think they were boring and dumb. Well, <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins now. With former player turned ESPN baseball analyst Chris Singleton. All right, Twins, a couple, well, not a couple days off, I guess a day and a half off, and then they'll resume tonight. We can talk a little Twins here. Chris Singleton from ESPN, ESPN Radio, baseball broadcasts. Uh, let's, Chris, welcome to the show. We appreciate it as hey. always. Let's, uh, let's start with Robinson Cano here. 
And just your general thoughts on one of the great players of this generation uh, getting hit, 80-game suspension, and what that means for him. I was going to say, what, what happened with Robinson Cano? Did something happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he got hurt, you know. Right. Yeah. He's been under a, a baseball rock, right? Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, to sort of describe a little bit. I mean, Robbie's always been just an easygoing, nice you know, guy, player in the big leagues, very smooth uh, player. That's the one thing I'd always admired about him. I was out there. I'm going to throw a Chris on hold there because we're getting a kind of a fragmented uh, phone signal. But um, yeah, the, the Teixeira stuff was interesting. The Teixeira going on Michael Kay's radio show, a former teammate saying, I love Robbie, but this isn't surprising. Yes, exactly. Kind of outing like some of his old trainers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, this this was what Teixeira said. I don't really want to get into too much detail, Michael. I love Robbie. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just not surprised. I don't really want to go too much further, uh, but I think a lot of people are, are kind of saying the same thing. And um, Cash kind of, <laughs> he had to catch himself in an interview uh, a couple of days ago. But, um, yeah, I mean, just not surprised. Uh, all right. Well, I think we got you back there, Chris. You got us? Yeah. How's this better? I'm sorry. I'm in the airport. Yeah, let's let's try it. Yeah, fire up. Uh, thoughts on Robbie Cano again. Yeah, so, you know, I've always admired him as a player, just how graceful uh, he's been defensively at second base. And, um just a joy to watch that way. Obviously, a very sweet swing at the plate. And just a quiet guy, very quiet guy. Just went about his business. When you think about his career in the pinstripes, and you, know, you go back to the home run derby in Arizona, and his dad throwing batting practice to him, and him winning the derby. And just you know, a real storybook um, you know, type of, of tale uh, with his career. Uh, with that said, um, you know, you look at it, and Mark Teixeira, I think you guys were rolling that. And, uh, by him being teammates with Robbie, not surprised. And seeing the culture of, of things that were taking place there uh, with some of his teammates, Alex Rodriguez and Melky Cabrera being his, his best buddies, um, you know, if you're hanging in that group, then, you know, there's a good chance that, um, you know, you're you're involved in some of the same things. So, um, you know, we, we can't say that for sure 100%, but, I mean, all of us with common sense out here, we kind of have an idea that, yeah, th- those are how things tend to happen. So, uh, you know, people can look and say, well, okay, he has, we isolate it to this year, 2017 slash 2018. In reality, when you look at some of these players and you look at their careers, it wasn't just one season that they were um, dabbling in something. So it's perfect I'll throw, I'll throw Chris. Uh, this, I don't think it's going to stuff, but let's – We'll throw Chris on hold here and see if we can get the uh, the signal to work. But but to his point, it's it's hard because you don't want to just accuse somebody. Um, but if you tend to work out with guys who've been on PEDs or you're running sure. those same circles, it's hard not to sort of look sideways and say, eh, I don't know, man. The knowledge to a player's ha- has to be such where where there are a t- ton of things that they know, right? that they see or they suspect. I'd be curious too right now to know how how many players internally still are are suspected or known to use. Cuz if Cano is doing it or was, it's not going to be like, "Oh my gosh, there's just two guys left," right? Mm-hmm. And and certainly we we hear rumors once in a while, 
But I would be curious to know what the internal in baseball assumptions are or thoughts are on how how many guys are still Mm -hmm. trying to cheat and mask. Uh, By the way, Chris is at the airport, and we just can't get the connection to work. He's been awesome on Fridays, and so we might be able to track him down, but it sounds like he's in the spot at the airport where it's not going to work. Sure. Um, But to that point, I think we all kind of figure there's got to be far fewer players who are on some sort of illegal performance-enhancing drug um, now compared to like 20 years ago because now there's testing. But isn't it also possible that even though they had hardcore testing and cycling for a long time, and the top cyclists in the world, led by Lance Armstrong, were still like three to five years ahead of the testing, where they had to freeze Lance Armstrong's urine samples and then wait for testing to catch up several years down the line. And then all of a sudden, is it possible that baseball has a similar large pocket of players that are right. they're doing something that you're not going to find out about for three to five years after once the testing comes and full circle. The important thing here too is the fact that we are we're used to saying this guy's body changed and so he cheated because that's what we saw from uh, Canseco, from McGuire, mm-hmm. from Bonds. But that's not true now. Ryan Braun is the perfect e- example. Ryan Braun was an outstanding player who you never looked at and thought to yourself, "There's a cheater." His body didn't change, mm-hmm. and so I think we've now entered an era where if guys are cheating. It's not what we became used to 20 years ago. I think now it's very much uh, um, recovery. It's very much, it's it's used to stay on, on the field and effective, but it doesn't change you. It doesn't change your look. And so it becomes much more difficult now to look at players and say, I think he's cheating. Mm-hmm. If somebody, let's say, because Robinson Cano and in his, his statement were, well, this is a, I, I obliviously obtained this from a doctor in the Dominican Republic and it's, it's meant to help with other illnesses and Major League Baseball is like, well, we looked into that part of it. It's a diuretic. To, we, like, we've determined it's a diuretic to mask a performance-enhancing drug. Ryan Braun went out and threw the guy who was the test handler under the bus. The saying, fucker, right? Yes. So if that were you and you were doing something shady and you were putting something in your body that you knew was illegal and someone caught you, you, you tested positive or whatever, there was a report or something, I'd like to think that I would just say... For either for damage control reasons or for just like peace of mind. Yep. All right. Got caught. I got caught. Here's why I did it. I almost feel like if in now Robinson can know, I don't know what the excuse would be for him. Like he's been mostly healthy for his career and uh like but as you t- said, the, the stats the stats went way back up. They did. Like if if you you look at those stats now and, and find out he cheated, you're not uh, like, shocked by like that. You're you, not surprised. Yeah, his slugging percentage dipped like we talked about yep. a couple of days ago for four or five straight years, and then all of a sudden it shot up a hundred points when he was like thirty three years old. So if you're him, if you would come out and say, "All right, I got to be honest, I'm human, and I just felt after twelve years in the major leagues or whatever it's been." I signed that big contract, and I just didn't feel like I was living up to the potential and living up to the contract that I signed, and so I got on something to give me a boost, and I regret it. People would say, oh, okay, that's definitely like not ideal, but as opposed to lying about it and going down the path. I mean, Alex Rodriguez, before he came clean, went stomping on WFAN on Francesca's show and saying, this is a travesty, yep. and the commissioner is... Wasn't well, he Sue Baseball? At one he point, or threatened, threatened to sue baseball? Yeah, he threatened to. If you look at, I, I can think of two examples of guys who came, who who cheated, got caught, and came clean. Pettit, Giambi. 
And I felt that there was the forgiveness for them was a lot quicker. And did, did it hurt them? Absolutely. But I think this whole thing of saying, well, it was, you know, of I love baseball and I would never knowingly cheat. Come on. How many of those statements have you said, I'm buying this? To me, it's zero now. There's nobody who's cheated and then said, but I really wasn't. I would never knowingly, and yeah. it's my doctor's it's, fault. It's probably I don't not buy any of those. It's probably not zero, but it's close. Like, yeah. Yes. And there might be some that are just, I don't know. But, and not to mention, if you know that there's a strict testing policy and you're a professional athlete, and there's a lot of approved substances that you can, like supplements that you can put in your body. It's always amazing when someone goes into like shady McShaderville, Dominican the Republic. Dominican doctor. Yeah, I had a Dominican doctor. Guy. Are you serious? Not that there are, I'm sure there are good Dominican doctors, but like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing everything you possibly okay. can to make sure that you're. If you went home though, if, if you went, went home and got prescribed something, wouldn't you say, all right, this is cool. Take it, go to the team doctor or the team and say, can I take this? It's not that hard to say. The only reason why you wouldn't is if you knew it was illegal. Sure. Sure. But it's always amazed me when, when they say, well, the doc, I went to my doctor in the Dominican and he said it was great. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course he did. Uh, Twins Brewers start their three game series tonight at Target Field, 7 10 first pitch. And then, uh, so tonight it's going to be Kyle Gibson on the mound, followed by Fernando Romero. On Saturday, and then Jake Odorizzi on Sunday. Six five one six four six eight two five five. What's up, Howard? Two things. One, if he had his doctor on in the press conference and said, "Hey, I prescribed this, and it's something normal," then it's one thing. If he went and bought it at GNC, I could say he could look the other way. But if you want to stop it, it's not eighty games. It's the team has the right to void the contract, and it stops there. Yeah, the voiding. Because, yeah, go ahead. Because if you don't do that, then there's no reason not to cheat. Let's see, you can sign a six-year contract for 120 million. They can take tech 12 million. Okay, seven left with 108 million, or they can void the contract and have suspended for a year. That's how it stops. Yeah, and the oh, other way like too. That. To add to Howard's point, thanks, Howard. Melky Cabrera got popped 80 games. I think it was in one of the years where the Giants won the World Series. Yes, and and he got an 80 game suspension. Yep. And they just and they pulled the locker room and said, "Do we want him back? Like we're playing really right. well without him." And and so he wound up still signing a two year, sixteen million dollar contract after doing whatever it was that he did. Mm-hmm. So he's now was it a five year, eighty million dollar deal? No, but the fact that you can, if you don't care about what people think about you, and you're fine serving an eighty game suspension as long as you get your millions of dollars. To Howard's point, you can start to put a little more fear in these players. The Mariners are still on the hook for like a what a two hundred million dollar contract or yes. whatever it is. Yes. So if it were such that once you get suspended for eighty games, now the team gets a chance to say, you know what, we're going to void it after this season is over. Irv Santana, I said that exact thing. But would you would you void would you have voided Irv Santana's I, contract? I would have been very tempted to. I'm not positive. I would I would have done it, but I would have. I was very much in favor of the Twins being able to, if they so chose to do it, to say, we're done with you. What about Robbie Cano? So let me see. Robbie Cano is 35 years old. Yeah, there's a good chance I would if I could right now. He's under contract. It's, it's oh my God, it's a 10-year, $240 million contract Which, by that the takes way, him through uh, 2023. It's the ball club's fault, too, though. 10-year contracts are just beyond stupid. For sure. He's only halfway through it. Yep. So if you could get out from underneath the other one hundred twenty million dollars right now, very strong consideration right now because he's been awesome for the last four years. But, but has he been awesome because he was awesome. cheating yeah. again? Probably. And that's where like 
We don't know. Is it 10% benefit? Is it 50% benefit? We don't really know. So if he's if he is in so he's in year five of a ten year contract right now, I'd be very tempted to say I'll bring you back on a two year deal. Yeah. Well, Cano I'm avoiding was, it, I'll bring you back. I would, yeah. Well, but then he would. I That's mean, fine. He would probably not sign a two year deal with I'd you because be he that. just voided his contract. But like Robinson Cano, this is what's a little bit scary if you're trying to get rid of all performance enhancing drugs. And this is why I don't know. I at some point I might just say whatever. It's entertainment. Do whatever you want. But I understand the pitfalls of that too. Robinson Cano is not the type of guy that you would flag at any point in his career and say, that guy's really suspicious. He's not like, he's a big guy frame-wise, but he's not like super muscular. Yep. He didn't produce rabid home run totals. You know, his career averages are anywhere between like 280 and 315 because he's just a good natural hitter. But his body didn't he's very change. Smooth. Yeah. He didn't get huge. You might look at a Jose Batista and say, why were you a <laughs> subpar third baseman until you were 29 and then all of a sudden you're the best hitter in the league for five years? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It's not, and maybe it's not just launch angle. But with Robinson Cano, the the hard part is, wow, if a guy like him has been on something for a long time, if you're to believe the Mark Teixeira is going back to New York, if it wasn't just a pop-up year three years ago, how many other guys could be on that's something? My, like that's these my 25 point, home run, 350 on yes. base guys that are pretty common around baseball, you know? I told you, when Ryan Braun got caught, because you could have looked at Ryan Braun all day long and never said to yourself, yeah. I think he's cheating. You, yeah, you just 30, thought he's a really good baseball 30 player. 30 home runs, yeah, for sure. So when he got popped, I said, it's changed completely because it's no longer. We used to look at that entire crew in the 90s and say, look at them. They're all huge. They're cartoon characters. They're cheating. Now they cheat. You don't know. Six five one six four six eight two five five. It's game show Friday. Uh, Greg Wyshynski to talk some NHL playoffs here in about fifteen minutes. We watch NHL playoffs and anything sports on our fifty five inch TCL Roku TV here in the studio. You can go check out the best TV on the market right now, which is the TCL P-Series, at any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand, in part because they do such a great job building in streaming content without any extra cords, not only the picture quality, but it's just the options. I mean, we're at a point now where if you got to plug in external devices to your TV, like I want snappy, quick streaming platforms and the and the the way it works on these 4K Roku TVs, you got your cable slash satellite channel menu on one page, and then you just literally flip over to the next page, so to speak, with your Roku remote, and you get connected to all these streaming platforms. So Fox Sports Go, uh, Big Ten Network to Go, WWE Network. There's all kinds of sports streaming channels. Four thousand streaming channels overall. Again, it's TCLUSA.com and any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You'll find us most uncooperative. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. If you've ever dreamed of playing a little football at U.S. Bank Stadium, now is your chance. Sign up your team right now to participate in the United Health Group's Touch of Football Flag Football Tournament coming up Saturday, September 8th. Flag football teams will take over the stadium for this one-day six-on-six tournament all to raise money. For the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, team spots limited and selling out very fast. So get signed up now. Details at 1500ASPN.com, keyword events. And now, Phil Mackey updates Judd Zolgad on the latest happenings from The Bachelorette. What is going on? I know you've been looking forward to this the entire show. I have serious questions about this one. Well, this is... So first of all, The Bachelorette is from Minnesota. This time around. Becca, right? Becca K. That's right. I'm aware. Becca K is from Minneapolis. Uh huh. 
And they just on so her season just wrapped up behind the scenes taping. It's going to start to air, I think, next week. Right? Okay. And there's a sports tie, especially if you're an analytics geek. And we reference Pro Football Focus on this show all the time, right? Matthew Collar does podcasts with Pro Football Focus people. Yes. Mike Rand has the story, StarTribune.com. If this isn't some sort of sign that the uh, of the data revolution, I don't know what is. Mike Renner, an analyst for the very data-heavy Pro Football Focus website, is one of the contestants on the latest installment of The Bachelorette. He's 27 years old and has a Fabio-esque head of hair. You see this right here? I saw, long, I saw the picture, yeah. The long blonde hair down to sort of like yeah. past the shoulders. Yeah, he looks like a rock star. Uh, the contestants were announced and Twitter put uh, two and two together. I don't watch the program, much to the chagrin of former uh, Vikings beat writer Matt Benson, but this is something that might make me tight. legit tune in. So how is a geeky football analyst from Pro Football Focus going to try to win the hearts He might not be a geek, Becca though. Kay? I mean, that's a lot of hair he's got no. going for him. I don't know. He's geeky. This might be this might be the fir- first time that we found out that a stats geek is actually uh, the heartthrob. Is he going to use like love analytics to try and? How's win he going to have time for both these jobs? Is he still going to analyze games? I know it's the off season, but come on, like there's all kinds well, of stuff to PFF analyze. PFF does a lot of work, though. Yeah. Well, and if he's PFF, he's got the accent, then, right? Not necessarily. Yeah, they don't all. I think there's only a few that are from across the pond now. Now that it's uh, it's very much Americanized. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure this out. Because if he's got the accent, he's got a leg up on almost everybody there <laughs> already, true. right? Does he have an act- Do we know? This is true. No, I don't. I am guessing he does not. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. I don't know. I've never heard his voice. But I want to know I how this is going to work. I follow him on Twitter, though. I but definitely... like, don't, don't they, won't they uh, a film into football season? Is that an incorrect assumption on my part? That they'll no, still be filming? the filming is done. Oh, it is done. Okay. Yeah, filming okay. is done. See, that's what I need to explain to me. Yeah, it just finished up like last week. Okay, and, so uh, it, fil- it films o- over at X amount of period, and then we find out so who the contestants were? Presumably, and I think there's 30 contestants. All right. If Mike R. did a good job on the show, like presumably he's in Minnesota with Becca K. right now, like in a relationship. Like he's already gotten down on one knee. And so he could join us then to break down film. If I were him, I'd get down on one knee and then have someone snap me a football instead of proposing. Oh, that's very, very genius. Have her kick it or mm-hmm. something. Um, so I, I don't know how to get you hooked on this show, but I've watched three straight seasons now after making fun of it for like 10 years, and it's like the most guilty pleasure thing. There's all kinds of, you see guys from like the NFL, and I know Phil Hughes watches this show all the time. The Twins used to have in spring training when they had seasons in the springtime, Yep, they would gather, like 10 of them would gather, Brian Dozier, Phil, Phil Hughes, Hughes condo in Fort Myers yes, and watch the Bats I think sometimes the guys feel like, oh, it's not, oh, it's not a manly show. So it's like, not do like the Law guys, and Order where there's do do the guys stories. do the guys talk about their their jobs d- during the course of, of the show? So vaguely. So will he like start to break down football games? Maybe it's or football all, players for us. They don't say the name of the companies, but it, it, so it's always like social media consultant or okay, like so for him it'll be football analyst apparently. Mike R. This I feel like that hurts his, football analyst. Hurts his case. And I saw the uh, solved the mystery. Nah, he's American. Okay. No accent. He's in trouble. He should fake an accent then. <laughs> Just fake it. <laughs> right. Pro football focus. Are you, are, you, are you aware of what we do? I'm more of a soccer fan. That's right. It's football focus. Footballs. <laughs> but if this doesn't get you to watch The Bachelorette, now that there's a pro football focus analyst in, come on, watch. let's watch the first couple episodes together. We'll go to a bar, get the volume turned up. 
We'll go to bunnies. Well, really, bunnies we're, I'm not going to. No, I can't ask them to, to do that. Put it that. on the big They're screen. They're not going to do that. They'll, they'll put it on. They will not turn the sound up. I can almost guarantee you the people at Bunnies will not turn the sound up on that. Maybe to push him over the top, he offers to introduce her to Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> one, of, or, one of my investors. Do you know Sam Munson? That's right. He's from Northern Ireland. Well, then bring him, him in with the accent. I sort of like that idea. That's good. Uh, Greg Wyshynski doesn't have an accent, but he knows a lot about hockey. So we'll talk NHL playoffs with him. Game show Friday in the noon hour as well. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio.